Wait, Alex, do you want to do an intro this time? <laughs> Bro, I'm banned from intros. Wow. Okay. I, I, I can't talk. I'm like, uh. <laughs> Right, well that is the intro, so. Oh, welcome back, people. We have Mr. Joe Gan on today. We're gonna to go through more so a little bit of structure this time rather than, you know, just a, a free ball and chat. Um, but obviously a few tangents in here as well. Building online coaching business, social media presence, uh, and then obviously competing, as you can see, I'm outnumbered here by MP guys, <laughs> so humbling. So yeah, that's going to be a recurring topic. So again, if I'm more quiet in this one, probably due to that reason. So um, yeah, let's kick it off. Joe, introduce yourself. I'm Joe. I am an online coach who live in Manchester. Competitive men's physique athlete. As of the last uh, couple months, did my first show a month ago now, um, won the overall at a regional, which was a great result. I wasn't expected, so you know, it was an amazing experience to be part of. And then also went to the Empro Classic, this just gone weekend, the Pro Qualifier, and got second in my class, which was also great. Obviously, as like, when I actually got off stage, I was like, so guys, I almost like, almost cried. Because you know, all like the emotions and everything. I'm not one for like being like that because I'm not a sore loser at all. Uh, but it was just like the whole adrenaline of everything, and then you know you always want to win, don't you? Yeah. Uh, but then when I actually had some retrospect and I was thinking about it, I was like, I've done something pretty good there. You know, gone to you know a good top amateur show and came second, my second time ever competing. So when I look back at it, I feel very accomplished, and we're going into a gaming phase now. So yeah. Yeah, I think as well, like, due to the fact, obviously, you go on abroad for it, you know what I mean? It kind of builds that sort of expectation. And because it was such a good show, yeah. like, I haven't been there myself, but even like last year when Grace done it, and seeing, uh, I think Mike done it as well last year, and it's, it just looks like such a sick show. Wasn't it? Obviously, real, yeah, the way it was run as well, it was just yeah. like. And you taken second in like a taller class, and no one, they, they were given three. Oh, wow. from, was it? Just the overall winner. Yeah. So, someone the, told me it was top the three. The amateur Olympia. The week oh, before, yeah, right. or the two, the two weeks before. Yeah, that, was, the, the, the that was when you had the passport issue. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but the, the thing that was like, kind of like, made me feel better is when I was looking at the lads in the overall, I know I wouldn't have won. So it's like, it's not like, oh, if I made it to the overall, I wouldn't have got my chance. So it's like. Was the guy in your class who took it? No. no. Okay. So a short guy, but he looks yeah. insane. Right? So see that on AJ's stories, I think it was like class D or something, but he looked fucking good. Yeah, there was a few very, very good lads there. And the, the guy that won, I was looking at backstage, was like, fuck me, man. literally in the nicest shape, very aesthetic as well. But yeah, the whole show was just run amazing. Like, that just sets the standard of how it should be. Yeah. And taking something like that really constructively, going to you know, a very good show with a really high standard rather than, yeah. you know, just, I'll just do like, again, with no disrespect, but like a smaller federation, local shows, and just take them in there. It's, yeah. it, it's great for a confidence, local and social media and stuff, but yeah. at the end of the day, that's and not I know where your standard now is, yeah. And I know that's not where your goals are. Like. Yeah. It differentiates you as an athlete in terms of what it is you want to accomplish. Yeah. So it's like actively putting yourself in the position of, I could lose here, but all I will gain is feedback in terms of where it is that I need to be. And coming across these boys where, like just literally watching it at the weekend, the size of the guys, so big, like, yeah. so, big yeah. so fucking big, so juicy, so capped, so like, top line, just full as anything. Yeah. Some of their backs are proper shit. Like that was a real interesting one. Everyone looked fantastic from the front. As soon as they turned around, it was light, it's light and day. 
between yeah. who was good or not. And like you, you got a great back shot, and like you just turn around and it was just like boom, yeah. you know. And it's just one of those things. It's like when you put yourself in in that environment, if you're serious about wanting to be a competitor and competitive, you have to. Yeah. Even if you run the risk of losing, because it's not even a loss. It's like I know what I'm up to, yeah. and I know it's a risk. Now I come off the back of that, and I'm, I'm so hungry. I'll never, yeah. ever, ever be more focused than I am now, so I can see the end, like where I want to be. The feedback that I got was the main thing is abs, deeper abs, mm -hmm. which I have neglected. So this is one of those things that I have to just work on now, especially throughout the whole off season and fuller upper chest. Mm. which I knew anyway so these are two things that I already knew so it's just I'm, the, the original goal was to then go to Portugal in three weeks try again because there's three cards but I just think well I'm not going to get deep wraps I'm not going to get a bigger chest in that time so what's the point I'm just going to run myself into more fatigue spend another absolute fortune and then that's that I've only been on blast for like 10 weeks as well so I've got plenty of runway to you know to have a good rebound most capitalised on the back of that exactly that's yeah true. I think that's one of the things as well is you got to cut your losses and like I commend people that chase their quick card because they're hungry for it but I also think you have to cut it at some point and yeah. realise now may not be the time yeah. because at some point it will all fall into place and it will come to fruition and it's stopped my first season so yeah. bro, two, plenty of time you've you done what you got a two rows overall I don't, I don't know two rows overall so two rows you're watching uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it's just like you've done more in your first season than most, like probably 99% of competitors. Yeah. When I was like looking backstage, I was like, I guarantee I'm probably the only person here this, this is my second time competing. Everyone was like so seasoned. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it, I said from day one, even when I was there, when I came to, I was like, no matter what happens, no matter what the place is, I've won. Because it was an amazing time there. Like, it was so nice being there, seeing other competitors, like being in the mix. And it's just, I just felt amazing coming off the back of it. And it's the, the hunger and focus that I've gained from it is invaluable. So it's, now. It's kind of like irrespective of how long you've actually like been competing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's how long you've actually been like being a bodybuilder mm -hmm. and just doing what they do on a consistent basis. Cause like you've been fucking on it from day one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like even this prep itself, like your first show that was planned is still two, three weeks away. Oh well, yeah, my original plan was to have my first show in July 15th, which is not even here yet. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be literally it's like, oh, <laughs> you just decided to jump in, taking over all, and then yeah. take second at yeah. the fucking Emperor Classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? so and then I reversed into uh, my actual first show. <laughs> yeah, sound. <laughs> yeah, well, again, like what like we were talking about there, like you can't just diet your way to like the physique that you want, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, generally it's bodybuilding, you need to make sure there is tissue there, if there isn't, no amount of dieting is going to make that up, mm. even in that short period of time. Like, say short period, only three weeks is enough to get, you know, a good bit more conditioned, but yeah. condition wasn't the issue. Well, yeah, I was, no. you know, I was as conditioned. And equally, like, so three it. weeks of reversing isn't going to fill those gaps either. Yeah. So, and I know with it, the thing is with it, my off-seasons, say for example, my last off-season, sure, the last six months were very focused, I'm in this environment, we've got all our pals here, you know, it's super, super controlled. <coughs> Even the first six months, you know, I just moved here, it was distracting, just gone through a breakup, Think my food, I wasn't pushing my food, drugs were like literally like, I think it was testy, 300 milligrams, like, that's it. You know, so like, I've never really pushed a hard off-season, so like, this time now, from now to next year, I know I can take my physique to the next level mm. with like, this level of focus, mm. like my life from prep to now on the off season, does not change. Like the only thing is, mm. is just more food, you know, and just 
progressing more in a gym. Like That's everyone's still on prep. Like, all my mates are still on prep. Margot's still on prep. Like it's not like I can start going off plan and doing all this shit. Like my life does not change. But I think that's the reality, though, is that when, when you've had the taste of what it is that you need to accomplish and you step out of the prep, exactly what I'm going through right now, I'm basically in maintenance. Like, I, I can't put much more size on and I can't blow out and get fucking fat. So it's like, what it is I want to do, compared to the fact that I know I'm going to be on stage again in a couple of months' time, it's like, I can't physically go and change my mindset. So I, I feel like myself right now, it's like I'm literally just maintaining and it's a really weird feeling. It's made it savage, but it's like I need to do that because like that's like you have to act like a pro before you become a pro. And I think it's that mindset of actually having control over yourself that differentiates yourself between other people, which is like post show blow up. And it, yeah, and it's yeah we've had this conversation before, and it's like we don't want to do that. And I think the more experience you get, and the more your goals align with actually being able to accomplish it. Yeah then you realise what it is you need to it's, actually do. It's the contrast between your goals and your values. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because you can set this goal of, right, I have this show in 12 weeks' time, I want to be dialed in, whatever. Once that you've achieved that goal, or if you haven't achieved it, regardless, once you pass by that period of time and you don't have a next upcoming goal, you're going to live based off your values. And if your values aren't aligned with, you know, actually being a bodybuilder, staying yeah. on track, wanting to see progress, and you're just goal-driven towards that show, it's going to be fucking tricky afterwards. That's what, what separates people who have a true passion for it, who are just exactly. doing it for mm. clout or followers you know, yeah. or likes or whatever. Because you know, if it was in the back of my head, if I was to go to work and start eating all this shit, like, I've literally barely had anything like that. I finished mm. my show, I had a burger, and then the next day I had a pizza because we were in our county. Nothing else. I come back here and I'm just like, man. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, if I start eating all this shit, like, oh, mm. cinnamon buns, all this shit, my friends constantly, oh, then they're just going to get fat and then I'm just going to ruin my off season for next. Mm. I'm thinking next year, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're already a year in advance. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. long term, and I think that's what you have to do, really. Yeah. yeah. So, you mentioned there about obviously moving up here to Manchester, um, taking that kind of risk, backing yourself, and building the whole social media presence. Obviously, there was a bit of a fucking step back <laughs> during that time as well. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's discuss that because obviously, there's a good few people who are. Know, like new to online coaching or want to get into it, get loads of questions of what should I do to you know become an online coach. Um, I think you've very you're a very like ethical coach. Obviously, leading by example is a massive thing. That's pretty much the first thing I'll say to anyone who asks that question. Um, yeah. yeah, let's talk about you know moving up here, taking that chance. Yeah. So, well, I was living in Eastbourne, um, which was a great place to grow up and have a lot of fun there came to that point where I was like, I needed to expand and I just wanted to take a step towards something new and just try something new in my life. I always lived in you know, that town, had the same sort of you know, entry level jobs, etc. And then I took the chance and quit my job at a bank um, to pursue my online coaching. But before that, I think the best thing I say to anyone is set foundations for your online coaching. So rather than just you're posting you know, out your mates and then all of a sudden, Online coaching, buy my plans. Yeah. You need to be putting out valuable content for ages. Mm -hmm. like I was posting like my own training, my own informative content for like three years before I even started online coaching. Just because I loved it, I liked putting out content. I like content creation. I like you know putting out information, like valuable stuff, helps people. Yeah, mm -hmm. not that people. Because I used to be a PT like ten years ago, one to one, but I went on a different path. 
and I would still be helping people in the DMs, like with macros, like workout plans, just because it was fun. I liked doing that. And then came to the point where I was like, I should probably capitalise on this instead <laughs> 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 of doing it for free. But then, obviously, then when I was four, do you know what, I'm going to start coaching. When I put out the feelers, like, right, is anyone interested? Right, vote yes if you'll be up. I'd already been posting and putting out informative stuff for like three years, so people knew what I was about. They knew that I had a passion for it, mm. so there was interest. Rather than I see so much at the moment, people like literally just their whole feed is them on the piss, yeah. or them on holiday, whatever, just you know, doing nothing, and then all of a sudden, I'm now offering online coaching. It's like, who yeah. the hell even are you? The feed is like Amsterdam, music festival, holiday, and then it's like yeah. a shitty little thing. It's so easy. It's like, by the way, coaching now, and it's like, as we all know, like gaining clients is not easy. Like, there's so much competition, you've got to do everything right, and then you still might struggle. So like for someone who has literal zero credibility, it's not as easy as putting a post up going, I'm looking for five males to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you might get a couple, but. Even if you do it for free. <laughs> yeah, I did my first five for free, my mates, yeah. to get the results. Yeah. And then another thing is transform your own physique. Yeah. To transform your own physique, you can, you yeah. can you know, say to people, you know, this is how I've done this, whatever. I think I took like three people on for free at the start as well. Yeah. And one of them is still fucking with me. I was like, Aaron, who could be like, last year. Got a, obviously, you still not get coached for free. <laughs> yeah. well, it's like anything, physique development, business. You've got to do a lot at the start yeah. for little return. And then, if you have a passion for it, that's where it develops. The thing is, it's, it's an apprenticeship, you know what I mean? Like, I think I spoke, spoke about this with Ryan. I'm not sure if it was on the podcast. But if you think about, like, you know, there is scalability within online coaching. You see people, obviously a lot of them living in fucking Marbella, Dubai, whatever, yeah. good income, there's scalability there, but there's fucking years that go into it and everyone yeah. thinks they deserve it yesterday. Yeah, like if you think about any other job, like when you're working in the bank, yeah, decent pay starting off, but like if you want to be a manager, you're there four or five years. Yeah, uh, or if you want to go into a high paid job, you're doing a four or five year under undergrad, you're doing a degree, maybe a fucking postgrad master's, yeah. and then you're kind of getting into a good job. Whereas people think, oh cool, I've been working in Tesco for three years and I want to start online coaching and I should be on whatever numbers are, 30, 40, 50k. Yeah. really isn't like that and there has to be that overlap of, like you said, giving value, being consistent, leading from the front. And there is consistency, like, yeah, yeah. even if your numbers are low, even if you're dropping clients, still be posting content, still yeah. be putting it out because, or in a quiet period, there's always these quiet periods, yeah. Christmas, you know, during summer sometimes, there will be times where Clients just don't join up, they've got low money, whatever. But or that's yeah, the most time you need to be putting content out because then when that comes to an end, there is always an influx like January, yeah. end of summer, and they're like, you're fresh in their head, you've been putting out content, and they're seeing what you're about. Oh, I want to know why I coach. I've seen Joe been posting yeah. throughout something. And it's not just those set time periods of like, you know, Christmas, January, whatever, summer, it's unforeseen stuff as well. So obviously, COVID, uh, increased cost of living as a yeah. I mean, people are struggling. At the end of the day, it is a luxury. Obviously, you're going to highlight the value that you can gift during that period, but you still have to be as consistent as possible during that. You can't say, oh, well, cost of living's going up, people want more coaching, so there's like, no need to put so out what's content. the point in posting? Yeah, you know that's I mean? the like, opposite. You one want to thing, double down. One thing I started doing, like since I moved in here in January, like, I have a spreadsheet and I'll do like a weekly check in with myself. So, like, plan my content for the next week, at least three posts a week, keeping yeah. track of how many followers I have, keeping track of how many clients I have, who drops off, new sign-ups, like make sure all that's trending in the right direction. Obviously you can put in your personal stuff as well, like savings, whatever, but I find that to be something I started doing recently where it's like, 
because obviously you can't see the exact like return on investment. You know what I mean? It feels like Groundhog Day. You're doing it repeatedly, and you're like, have I actually like moved forward in the last? Yeah, it takes few a months. long time for people to buy in. Yeah, like, they'll be watching you for a long time. Oh yeah, like, I get messages yeah. being like, I've been watching you for a year, yeah, and I'm like, I'll have a tab. Why? Yeah, why please. a year, bro? <laughs> it's like, but I respect that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like if that it's taking you a year to make a decision. People are looking for instant results. It's like wicked. So I know whatever it is I'm putting out now will capitalize. You know, same as can be in whatever I'm doing right now will capitalize further down the line. Another thing I'll do there as well is I'll have a tab where it has leads, so people who are you know engaging a little bit, and then you know try build conversations with them. Yeah. And then obviously that sounds a little bit salesy, but you know what I mean. It's it's keeping track of like the potential mm. of you know who's engaging with your shit and actually then build a rapport. But I think the biggest thing there is also. You know, like I said, it takes a year for them to actually buy into you. Mm. They have to know you, so yeah, you need to get that across. They buy into you as a person. The you best have to get your personality across. And again, it's uncomfortable. I hate that. Finally, getting somewhat consistent with it. But the best way to do that is probably YouTube. Yeah. You know and I mean? the best thing that I learned from like working with mentors and whatnot. Say what you want about mentors, but they made me speak on camera, film informative stuff, or even just talk on my story about my day updates and whatever because then people like can see you actually talking when it's just like a caption text me looking intimidating in the gym people are, do you know what i mean like they, they they just see like this photo of you with a pump and just some text it doesn't mean anything. connect yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything when you can actually talk into the camera you can get a bit of your personality across and you know that's when people actually start buying into you because you know people people want to be coached by someone they actually relate to as well yeah. like um yeah on a side note of i'm talking about like numbers and whatnot. I think it's quite easy to get wrapped up in constantly wanting more, 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 more. Like it's mm-hmm. like, like bodybuilding, we always want to be bigger, leaner, whatever. But like, sometimes I have to take a step back and if my numbers have held for a few weeks or whatever, I just think, do you know what? This job allows me to train when I want, compete at the best of my ability with mm-hmm. eat when I want, I literally work when I want. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm holding ground, that's a win. Because like you might work at say for instance I work at a bank, I'll go uh, two years with the same wage. And that's normal. But then for coaching you're always wanting more, 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 more. And it's quite what can be like very anxiety provoking and yeah. like I am a sucker for that. I do I do get wrapped up in like always wanting more. So you've got to sometimes take a step back and think, to be fair, life is pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's that's the reality though, it's like what is success? Is it financial or is it being the flexibility to do what it is you want to do? Like we're sat here at what, 11 o'clock <laughs> in the day go having a chat and then you're going to train and we've done work this morning etc. So it provides you with that flexibility and I would take flexibility of what it is I do with my fucking day to day over a solid salary. Oh, any fucking day. Like that um, book I'm reading there, Psychology of Money, fucking fantastic book. Yeah. And one of the main points in it is the biggest return on investment, the biggest asset that you own is the flexibility to do what you want, with who you yeah. want, when you want, for as long as you want. Yeah. You, know you can mean? go old. Next week should we go on holiday. Yeah. But also, in the same note, and we have talked about this before, don't take the piss with that. Yeah. Like, especially if you do want to scale and you want to get busier, you have to have those systems in place. So yeah, this is like, like we have flexibility, but we also have our working hours. Yeah, this is like down the line once you have like a stable sort of set of you know in, in the early days like I don't I don't think I had a day off in like a year and a half two years yeah. like where I didn't actually do something. Do you know what I mean? But then once you have your stable set of clients, you can actually take a step back. And think, yeah. 
this is, yeah. this lot's pretty good. But yeah, like, don't just like say, okay, cool, I'll have a few check-ins, like, do we're not really in the mood to do them now, we'll do them this evening. Like, yeah. it is still about the quality of service that you give. Yeah. So you do need to maintain that, and, you know, actually just provide mm. what people are still paying you for. And to be a good coach, it's never-ending. Yeah. Learning, studying, like, it's very easy to get complacent, just do your check-ins, mm. do your setups, and go, right, time to chill. Whereas, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's one of those things where there's always new material to learn, there's always new things to be studying. So it is never ending, which is good. But yeah. I think uh, even alongside like the check-ins and just doing your responses and having structure to your day, like it is multifaceted in the fact that you've got to be creating content. Yeah. You've got to be doing your shit to develop yourself, as you yeah. just said. You've also got to be training. You've got to be cooking, you've got to be eating, you've got to be doing all these million and one different things. Like, yeah. That is a part of the job because it's showing face in terms of what it is that you're about as well. And it is showing that value in terms of this is how I structure myself, this is everything I do, and this is the outcome. Yeah, because when I have clients that say they're a coach and they're slipping off pants, <laughs> I just think like, I always say like, this is, you should treat this like your job. Your training, your nutrition is like your job. It's like going to work and they set you a task and you just go home without doing it. It's like that, and it should be taken that seriously. If you're a coach putting out content about, oh, you know, this is what you should do, and then you're behind the closed doors, you're you know, slipping up and like, missing cardio, eating off plan. You're just shitting your job from simple answers. Yeah. Selectively harsh. Yeah. And I think that's the reality. Talking about being selectively harsh on the type of individual it is. And like, if, you, if it's your profession, you're an online coach and you're there fucking about eating off plan and doing whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to do it without much thought about it. Yeah. Then don't 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 be surprised when your coach goes in on you because yeah. you should be acting in accordance with it if it's your job. Yeah. If I have a coach as a client or someone doing a photo shoot, I'll be a lot stricter on them because you know they're going down that route and they. Whereas, for example, on the flip side, say if I have um, a, a client who's a nurse or someone who works twelve-hour shifts, you know, laboring, mm. something like that. I know it's not their complete and utter obsession, they're trying to get in good shape for a holiday. Sure, if they have an off plan at a weekend or you know, they miss a cardio session because they've done a 14-hour day at work, you know, that's fine. I'm not gonna you know belittle them for it. You know, I have a lot of empathy for a lot of people with their professions mm. and you know, certain times in life life gets in the way. Yeah. But when you are a coach and we know how easy it is to structure our day around eating training, when someone's then missing that, I'm like what are you actually doing? It's yeah, selective yeah. empathy, but I think it's not just for those who, you know, want to be a coach, but it's it's relative to the goals that you have set. Like mm. whether you're a coach or not, if you say, I want to get fucking peeled, I want to get on yeah, stage, yeah. I want to do a photo shoot, if you say those things, I'm gonna treat you like someone who actually wants to do those things, mm -hmm. which means I'm gonna fucking pull you up if you're being lazy or missing meals or whatever it is, missing cardio sessions. So be very realistic with your goals and even then like if someone like you know signs up say they want to get in like six shape for whatever next year they actually talk about like having a bit of ambition and then four or five months in and say oh i need to like pause for a couple of months because i have this going on like were you expecting not to have any obstacles were you expecting everything else in your life to be static mm -hmm. and that's not how life works mm -hmm. and um yeah and the thing is it's our job like if if someone's eating off plan constantly, they're missing cardio, and then we're not being strict enough and pulling them up in it, we're shit on our job. They're paying us for accountability. I see that so many times, I'll say for instance, like a really softy, softy coach, and you 
know, their clients are like always eating out and never making progress. They post the transformation and it's like, so they, my God, look at my, this amazing transformation of my body. And they literally look exactly the same. It's yeah. like they forget we have fucking eyes and can see that they haven't made any progress. And it's usually just like females with them gets high waist and leggings. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like <laughs> obviously very generalization. Very generalization, but it's normally like, you know, the well-being like female coaches. Yeah, yeah. It's like, she done all this while still, while still going out, going out the weekend. Doing whatever the fuck she wanted yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> so, really? why, so why is she, she didn't really follow a plan and she didn't make much yeah. progress? So it's like, so why is she paying you? She could have done that without you, yeah. do you know what I mean? She could just fucking pull up a training plan on Google and follow so people that. want that like, enabling as well they don't just they don't just want accountability they say they want accountability but they just want someone to tell them yeah it's okay don't feel guilty about that and i'm not saying people should feel guilty about going out like at the end of the day it's your life choose to live it how you want whatever your values are but if you're saying that your goals are this and you know it requires that and you're not following that don't be upset when you don't get to your goals yeah yeah because I, I have some clients that are like their goals are just smaller and yeah. I want to lose five kilos in the next eight weeks for all day or ten kilos, and you know so they, they want to go out on a weekend every weekend and you know do a little bit of cardio. Cool. Back it's in. less very fine. Yeah. yeah, very sweet. That's fine. But then if you have a client who's like, I want to get absolutely skinless pill for a photo shoot, and then they're you know or you know comport for a holiday, and then they're just eating off plan, then you have to be stricter because you're like, what you're doing is not going to work if you carry on doing what you're what doing. What would happen? Social media stuff. Presence, consistency, we talked about that as well. I think another important thing is, you know, getting your ethos across and being consistent with that. Yeah, so not having yeah. conflict in what you're saying. Yeah. So again, this is why like again I push the rebrand, you push the rebrand, Alex soon come. Um, but having like a clear and concise message and then like formulating your stuff around that. Because yeah. if you're constantly and like I've been guilty of this myself before, you know what I mean? I'll be doing like content on female physiology, mindset some that are like more compassionate and then have some posts that are like you know get your finger out of your ass and although <laughs> it is a matter of there's a dichotomy there you have to have both of those yeah if your content is conflicting with itself you can't get that message across and people don't know how to interpret you and what to relate to yeah that's what i learned with working with ben hawksworth yeah. massively because at the start of the year well start of uh, yeah the, the previous year yeah I was all over the place with my clients. And what by that, I mean, I would take on anyone. I had way more clients than I do now, but I was charging less because you know, I was in that sort of mindset. I was like, oh, numbers, but mm. my my demographic was anyone and everyone. And it was just very hard to try and pinpoint, Stressful. hard to pinpoint content. Yeah, and like, oh, one day I'll be posting about, oh, um, you know, I don't know, like female content, how to, blah, blah, blah. And then other times it'll be like, you're not sticking to your plan, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, who is this guy? What is he about? Whereas now, when people sign up to me, they know exactly what I'm about. They know what to expect. You know, they know they're going to have to graft. They know they're going to have to build discipline. And, um, it, and just by looking at your profile, you need to know what this person is about. I think, I think one of the helps. best examples of that, love them or hate them, but Cuba. You know yeah. what I mean? No one signs up with fucking Cuba <laughs> yeah. and is surprised by the coaching service. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the ethos is very clear. How he talks, it's a consistent message, and. Again, you're not going to have that same self-confidence to talk that way when you're starting out and obviously you don't have as much of a grounding or foundation in what you're saying. And you do have to be a jack of all trades at some point. But just yeah. make sure it's not like excessive conflict and like yeah. post by post, two different messages. <clears throat> I think at the beginning it's good to sort of work with a good variety of people yeah. as well because then you you know get the experience of working with different people. You don't have I've worked with literally, yeah, I've worked with literally every type of client and now I know what type of clients I like to work with. 
whether I have a very wide mix of male and female, but the thing that they all have in common is they're very driven and want to change. I don't work with people who are like half arsed. Yeah, half arsed. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, super out of shape or a beginner mm -hmm. or someone who's already a bodybuilder. I will work with both of them, but they have to have that mindset. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work with these people that are just like, oh, I just want to train from home two times a week and want to go out four times a week. Because it's just frustrating for me and I don't get enjoyment out of it. So I'd rather not. I, I think that gets difficult and frustrating because of, and again, this is going to be personal to like who you are as a person and how that translates to you as a coach. How your values sit and how you view these, you know, like going off track, whatever. If you're very invested in what you're doing and then you're trying to coach someone who isn't as invested, it's difficult for you to kind of get that message across. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's difficult to wear all these different hats and have that compassion for someone, you know, even if it is their own goals. A lot of the time we seem more emotionally invested in our clients' progress than they are. <laughs> yeah, that is frustrating. I think that's the most frustrating thing. So that, not to say that that's never going to happen, that can happen, but I think also being aware of that and then, you know, having a little mental time out and saying, you know what, let's calm down. Just because this person isn't, you know, 100% dialed in, if you're not in a position where you can't be selective with your coaching, you have to kind of manage that as best you can. Yeah. By you know not getting fucking wound up by certain people. Yeah. Sometimes people are slow burners. Though. I've had clients that like, start really, really shit, and I'm like, God, they're gonna be an absolute nightmare. And like you know, constantly slipping off, plan, missing stuff, and then but just slowly, slowly they like develop in like six, seven months time. They just bang on. And they're the ones that you think, well, a more ruthless coach would be like, oh, get rid of you. But you know, it does. It's, it's just with our man. job, you have to have a lot of empathy because. Yeah. Not, at the same time, like, we have a very hardcore mindset. It comes easy to us, but we're in a very small percentage, and it's hard. It's sometimes easy to forget that not everyone's like us. But also, we've built our way up to that. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're very fucking yeah, like that. That's the thing. It's like then when you see that in someone, I think that's one of the most rewarding things. Like, I don't give a fuck about someone's starting position. Obviously, if they come on board and they're like already mentally a bodybuilder, fucking win. I'll take that. Brilliant. But it's really cool as a coach to see someone who, you know, is relatively new to it. I think the biggest factor you'll see there is the people who are like asking questions. Yeah. Like they're actually intrigued, curious about it, and then seeing their progression. They could come in complete like no brainer, not understanding, you know, not even understanding how it's a flexible diet, not understanding like, you know, training, consistency, accuracy, whatever. But then in a few months time, after them, you know, send them a lot of training footage through asking questions, trying the flexible diet and stuff and like sending it back to you for feedback. That's something I do with clients. I'm like, okay, cool. Like track your food and send me pictures of the meals and then like talk these up yourself. You know, yeah. and work with them to try and get them. If that's something they want to do, work with them to kind of develop that. And then a few months later you're like, shit, this person like is is a bodybuilder. Prime example of that is my client Paul Barnard. Came to me yes. 155, 160 kilograms, morbidly obese, brink of death, literally in the worst possible situation, mentally, physically. And it was hard, he rang me the first day after a session, he was like, I'm gonna quit, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I just spoke to him on the phone for like 20 minutes. I was like, if you don't do this, you're gonna die. So he was like, put a pretty frank to him, because mm. this is like the last call for help sort of thing. Now, fast forward over a year, just over a year, so not even that long, 
he is one of my most adherent clients. He's been on prep for a photo shoot for 20 weeks, has not had a single thing off plan, never skips holiday, never skips steps. So that just goes to show like, yeah, someone who was literally in the worst position possible mentally with literally zero discipline can become like, literally lives like a bodybuilder now. Like, he is a bodybuilder. But I think it's that inter their internal belief systems that have allowed him to get to that. Yeah. And it's little wins along the way which yeah. have kind of uh, enabled him by coaching to get to that point. Whereas if you were a yes coach, be like, if you want to quit, that's fine. Yeah. But it's like, you, by being so, this is by being somewhat brutal, he wanted you to enable him to quit. Yeah. Okay, but that was the first phone call, I want to quit. And, that, and you could have just turned around and said, yeah, but with us as coaches, I think we're all quite similar in that line, is that it's like, no, yeah. you don't deserve that. Yeah. It's like, you come to- the easy way. Of yeah, you don't get the easy way. I've had a fair few people message me, like, I want to cancel them. Yeah, when you actually, it's an easy option to just go, all right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the one. But like, once you're actually delves deep into why they want to cancel, and then you talk them through it, they might stay with you for another however long you transform them. It's that, they, they have this panic, like, God, I can't do this. It's too much. Yeah, and then once you talk them down, uh, yeah, so yeah. Because it can seem overwhelming, you know what I mean? Especially for someone in that position who, like, yeah. you know, use one session in to what was obviously going to be like a, a year, two year fucking plan to actually get them into a healthy position. It's gonna seem like a fucking mountain, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you're just saying like you don't climb a mountain by staring at the fucking peak. Like mm. you're staring at your feet taking one step at a time. Mm. It's as simple as that. That's all you have to do. Mm. And again, we've seen the pictures and fucking shout out Paul. Sick, yeah. Fantastic. Really Honestly, sick. good friends now and uh, looking forward to meeting them again. Yeah, that's another one as well, actually like building rapport with your clients. Yeah. Like the ones again who are engaging, it gets it gets so enjoyable to actually go through that process. And it's not just like, oh, it's my client, I'm just gonna like, you know, egg him on and build a nice relationship there to make sure he stays. It's very fucking genuine. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that happen. The best results have come from my clients that really make an effort to build that rapport and yeah. talk to you a lot, communicate, you know, tell you a little bit about, you know, their own struggles and life or whatever, because then you connect. And then yeah. when you connect with the client, that's when you bring the best out of them. If they're just, you know, I have some clients that just check in once a week, barely any comms, still make your progress. But I think the best results will definitely come when you have to make a proper connection. It's the context behind it. Yeah. Because yeah. that kind of like fits everything. It goes both ways, you know what I mean? It gets more enjoyable for you to coach them, and I'm sure for them to actually, you know, being in a comfortable position to communicate with you their personal stuff. I'm sure that they enjoy the process a lot more. Yeah, like, yeah my coach is actually like a really good friend. Like, like, I know he was beforehand, but like, me and Zach, like, call, like he's a fucking proper good mate at this point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, it's like the lad I had a shoot with yesterday, Aiden. Aiden. Yeah. yeah. Been coaching him for over two years now. I was coaching him during lockdown, and he was like, wearing garden gloves, lifting little dumbbells out in the snow. <laughs> and then to see him, like, transform now to do a photo shoot, looking class, like, he's come on so well, like, seeing his life progress, it's very satisfying, like, as a coach to work with someone, like, for so long. Talking about MB caps, yes. um, so I was chatting to Cal about this as soon as it came out. I, I went to full panic mode. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I bust my nuts for fucking years to get more, and the only ever feedback I get is more this, more that, more this, more that. Yeah. It's never less. Yeah, yeah. yeah often That's less. the problem. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's like more, 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 and it basically could be to the point now where you may outsize yourself, or a lot of the MP guys will have outsized themselves. So. Because it's only coming, the MP caps only coming in for pro, pro athletes, and they've been wait, hiding and waiting. Um, and then they did a video, didn't they, for YouTube, where they showed a couple of um, 
NP athletes and they were like, he could have made it on, on this particular day if he weighed in it this way. But he said they don't know yet and they won't be releasing it until um, after the Olympia. Yeah. So it kind of leaves this unknown period of everyone that's trying to become pro. You always get judged on that criteria essentially. So yeah. it's like everyone that's big, the size game at the Impora, uh, classic, you know, everyone's come through looking absolutely swole as fuck because they're trying to jump in before the cap comes through. Yeah. Um, so it is an interesting one, it will change the game massively. Well, see, that be, the, when they, sorry, when they bring it in to the pro ranks, do you reckon they'll put the amateur cap on straight away or it'll be like, you know, pros are going to cap this, then a few months later or the following season it might be, you know, amateur's cap is obviously a little bit less, same way with classic, but I think and this was my initial reaction, and I said it straight away, was a lot of this more so stemming from classic, because obviously there's a shit ton of people there struggling to make the cap. Mm. So it could be a matter of, you know, pushing the yeah, classic sure. cap and then mirroring the new MP cap to the current classic one. Yes. Which I believe is going to be the case. I reckon that's most likely going to be the yeah. case. And they also said that they'll be uh, not judging mates, but they'll bring in proportions into play. Like if you're super out of proportion, small legs will be knocked down so that'll stop people like just atrophying their legs because I think that that is a factor like I know it's not in criteria right now but I think subconsciously you know what I mean if you see someone on stage and their their board shorts are fucking tight it does (laughs) no (laughs) it it does grab their attention you know what I mean like even though you're not being judged for legs symmetry yeah, it just it just grabs your attention, you know what I mean? Then obviously you're gonna pay more attention to them and you might have a little bit of a subconscious bias to you know mark them a little bit better. So it probably is at play slightly right now, but to see that action come to fruition, um it'll be interesting to say the least. But um yeah, I suppose like wasn't that um Mr. Olympia at Banks, wasn't he like hundred and eighteen kilograms on stage? Was he? So oh. on stage stage weight. But he's like six six four. So like, surely six. that head struggles. Yeah. Surely well that's the thing, it's like the fucking relative to your height, you know what I mean? It's usually the smaller guys in classic who are like struggling to make like, it will, fuck, it will, will be in fuck a lot of the class A to B. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. are gonna be in trouble because yeah. they are so dense yeah, yeah. for their height, like it, they are gonna really struggle. I'm open D. So I'm literally just like on that borderline. So if it was for example the classic cap minus some if they brought it in for amateurs. My classic cap for open D at my height would be 93 kilos. What is yeah. what were you on stage? Well, 88. Okay. So minus like four or five kilos, I've got to come in at the same weight. So it's like, this is why I'm in maintenance now. So it's just like, I can't realistically go. 93 would be your pro cap? Amateur. Amateur, okay. So you still got yeah. five kgs there. But that's classic. Yeah, yeah. So then, if the oh, I see. If they're lower, if yeah. the amateur uh, classic weight becomes the pro men's physique weight, yeah, yeah, which is most likely because they want to keep that lower. I reckon. Okay. That's what they they're talking about. That's what I've heard this from a few people now. So I, I could be just, completely wrong. I thought it would have been you know amateur classic cap is now amateur men's physique cap, and they're going to increase the amateur cap. No. Okay. Right. Because then they would have they would have announced that they would have been increasing the classic cap. Yeah, because they want to give people notes. Yeah. Interesting. So I think it would be that the pro, pros, or men's physique pro will be the amateur yeah. classic cap, which would create a big problem and you're looking like four or five kilos minus that for amateurs, yeah. if and when they bring it in. So that's a, 
that's a that's a that's a sticky one still. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those be things. Break, I'd be bang on. Yeah. I'd be like diazide in my tits off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to change the whole peaking protocol. Everything. Yeah. There's no reversing. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Tool. Fucking no, but you got to dry in all the way through. And, and then, then it's going to. But this is the thing. They say they don't want it to look like classic. So if you hit a front double bicep, you shouldn't be able to look like classic. Okay. But you want me to build my legs. So if I took my shorts off, I'd hit front of the bicep, I'd probably look classic anyway. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. But with it's, it's, physique, like, it's wild. With men's physique, it's all about aesthetics. So I, I, the weight shouldn't really matter. Like, no. sure, so, so if you get someone coming in like an open bodybuilder in shorts, then don't fucking let them win. Yeah. Simple as. Like, if you don't want to reward it, then don't, don't bring it. So, it shouldn't be about aesthetics. It shouldn't be about weight. Because so, some people are just way, way heavier than others. Like, There's a couple of 212 guys have been coming down into yeah. men's physique to yeah. compete. And that's essentially right. That was what the one world pro show. Yeah. yeah, so then a few weeks later, he done classic. He was in like Yemi and fucking Ryan uh, Cartwright's class. What? I think. Because <laughs> he's getting he, all the boxes. Because I think that dude, uh, was it Thomas? Yeah, something he's uh, so that, Eastern European dude. Um, was it Paul? Peter. Peter, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he turned pro in Classic or 212 and then done Open and then came down to MP and then done Classic again. <laughs> Doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Or he's lost. But like, pretty well lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it's trying to stop them. Yeah. But it's also like, I think for a lot of athletes, it's just that unknown yeah. of being like, it's the size game now. Because so. if it's the weight cap, it's going to be a good bit of confidence because if we talk right now about like you know classic criteria they seem to be rewarding that like bubblier fuller look right now you know what i mean like that's what we've seen with the new two about you with the emperor like you were leaner you were better from everywhere apart from you know chess and, and i think that's just a lot of abs chess you know what i mean but it's, it's still like kind of like you know fuller look like bubbly, bubbly yeah um, I, I honestly think that if I just filled up more and didn't get as conditioned, I would have won. Yes. Because when I was like, I did, I like pulled in a lot and I was so dry and I was so conditioned and I did flatten Almost off. Almost too much. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like backstage, I was like, I, you know, when I was in the gym the day before, before, and I was like, fuck me, like, I literally looked like I'm about to step on a fucking A big factor there as well is like, like I talked to you about, Heat, you know what yeah. I mean? If you're fucking sweating a lot more, so like, you haven't got the electrolytes, you haven't got the fluid in your system to take up those carbs, it's fucking difficult. There's so. a hard balance, like, so I know for next time I'm probably just gonna just come in full as fuck, like, yeah. I'm not gonna, you're not gonna lose condition, like, just by being full. Uh, this is one of the things I'm trialing with a couple of my guys at the moment, it's literally not having that day period of flattening off, yeah. so, albeit that you utilize that for like stomach volume, etc., etc., yeah. and there's a couple of other reasons behind it, but it's literally like, what's your best look? Yeah. And go with that. So it's like, go, my, my, yeah, sorry. So for me, it was like, <clears throat> a week, two weeks after, I was full as yeah. a house, bro. And it was like, I was still as peeled as I was on stage. It's like when I went back here. Yeah. When the gym Monday, obviously I could hear that, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I look like a freak, like, <clears throat> in the best way possible. I was like, why can't I look like this on stage? It's always the way everyone always says that, but like, yeah, but it's just one of those things, it's just the, uh, the the approach that you take when you're looking to peak, but that's just a thing in time, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We'll wait and see what happens with the, uh, the men's physique category. It's definitely probably the most controversial. Incredibly. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's essentially it. That was a good bit covered. Yeah. Charles, thanks for coming on me.
Thanks for having Appreciate me, fellas. Right. What a pleasure. Um, next guest, who knows? Next episode, who knows? But it'll be a good one. <laughs> and, uh, thanks for watching, guys. Not usual. Like, subscribe. All that shit. Peace out. Ciao.